welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm still employed, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo! Wednesday Night Live, baby! October 13th, 2021! Some honcho sports day! Honchos, honchos day sports! Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, in the great state of New York, on the longest of islands, and everybody, please say hello to your favorite honcho of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny. What's up, brother? How you doing? Howdy, hi, everybody. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the big show, Graham. It's episode 40 deuce, everybody, our first show in Rocktober, or as they say around here, Shocktober. Shocktober, baby. You know, because it's Halloween. Ooh, scary. Not yet, pal. But do you have the decorations oh, up all over the place? I've got my uh, that the, the skeleton boner costume oh, ready no. to go. <laughs> uh, where do you think I'm going to put the giant pumpkin filled with candy when oh. the kids come knocking? <laughs> come on, man. Well, good night, everybody. I think there's nothing we can do to top that opening segment. <laughs> that is just uh, not, not right, man. You no. are not right, but here not, we are. Not. Well, let me let me before we get too far down the road, let me just bring the mood down just a little bit. I don't want to forget to do this. I want to wish from all of us here at the Go Sports Media Complex, from both Honchos and our entire Mishpuchas, thoughts and prayers out to uh, Long Island's own the Sports Honchos official Mets insider Pat Sakura. His father's not uh, not he's having some medical issues, so we just. Uh, Thoughts and prayers out to Pat and his family, and we hope that uh, Pops comes through with flying colors. Lots so. of love and honchos, prayers and thoughts. Yep. Wow. Just wanted to okay. throw that out there for him. Now we can go on to the nuttiness and shenanigans that you're used to. I don't know. I'm going to need a few minutes. Well, if, if it makes you feel better, uh, Willie Mays, still alive. Excellent. So there you go. See? Excellent. I brought you something good. Excellent. So, buddy, nope. lots lots to do here tonight on the Busy. Honchos since we've been off yes. for a week. What did you do on your uh, your break there? Busy we are. Well, We're I take uh, a lot of breaks here at the Honchos. Well, the summertime was just one long break. I, I was doing my my boyfriendly, which is not really a word, duty and helping Grace move. She's moving from one side of the street to the other, not from Christianity, moving farther Judaism. Away from you? Is she moving farther no. away from you? Uh, actually, she's a little bit closer, which is, you know, uh, <laughs> a property value killer. Uh, but she's moving. <laughs> and she decided, foolishly, but sweetly, you know, that you know, she and I could move the heavy stuff. Or when I say she and I, I mean me. So <laughs> that week, last week, we were moving furniture. And, you know, I can't say, hey, babe, you don't mind if I go yak? on a podcast with my pal Paul, who she now has met. So you guys are almost like family. You don't mind if I blow you off. You can move all the heavy stuff while I'm just sitting here on my tuchus talking sports and other stuff. You don't mind that, do you? It's only two or three hours out of the evening. Nah, we'll be all right. So you're, you're for my man. own safety, good my man. own health and safety, 
I chose the road. You know, if you had to wait until Saturday, I was in town with the truck. I could have helped you out. Yeah. Well, how'd that show go, by the way, at, <laughs> uh, at the harbor? I'm telling you. There were, uh, there were lots of young people there this time. Outstanding. Jumping well, up and down. That's one really? hell of a boat show they put on down there in the harbor. In the harbor? They don't say harbor down in Annapolis. You're Look, a little, little farther care. south. I don't care where I am. I always say harbor. Always Jack the harbor. harbor. Boston harbor. Chesapeake harbor. Where's the harbor master? <laughs> yeah, okay. I get it. I understand. Once a harbor, always a harbor. Always a harbor. I don't harbor no bad feelings towards you. <laughs> Hold Wish on. I had a boat in the harbor. There you, know. you go. There you go. Well, like I said, I was in town. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. One more. One more. Your favorite actor from Stranger Things is David Harbour. There you go. Now we're good. Now we're good. Now, right, please continue. <laughs> All right. No more Harbour jokes. Well, anyway, uh, love, love Annapolis. Love being there. And it was beautiful. A gorgeous night. Great time. Yep. Had At Pusser's Caribbean Grill. Right there on the water. Where Annapolis is a great town. It really is, man. I, I, I really should, dig Annapolis a lot, man. They really should make do. it the state capital. Why isn't it the state capital? It already is the state capital. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the history teacher here. Hey. Oh, the well, Actually, Annapolis has come a long way in the last 30 or so years. Um, it's really – it's, it's uh, stature has gone up and up and up over the last few decades. Hey, buddy, so, there's, a, there's a lot of money in that area right there. That's that, why. Things are nice. Some it nice restaurants. Be, it's yep. all lit up well. Lots of right. boats in the harbor. Great right. food. Hotels. Restaurantes. Oh, you yep. know where we... Oh, where did we stay? Oh, we're not where we stayed. Where did we go eat? Oh, man. Something not road, a, not a something Roadhouse. Grill? There's a roadhouse. Something Roadhouse. Down the road. In between uh, the net. Oh, man. I got wait, how come, wait, wait. How come you didn't eat at the place that was where you were performing? It didn't work out because we finished. The oh, kitchen okay. was closed, and then we had to load up and get out of there. And stuff. Oh. That's the life of the band. You know, you, 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 sometimes, That's true. sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes right. you don't. Sometimes you have time. We didn't have time. We played three hours straight, and we killed it, and the fans loved it. So afterwards, we, we loaded up, and then we were sitting there trying to find where we were going to. Because the, the hotel was 25 miles out on the way back to Baltimore. But we found this place. It was open until 2 a.m., some nice. roadhouse place. And uh, all they had uh, to offer us at that time was pizza around 11 o'clock. And it was That's delicious. That's the best time for pizza. Well, we were starving. It could have been the worst pizza in the world. We would. It have could made. have been a shoe with cheese on it. And you'd be like, great, bring it on. We're hungry. Yes, we would have. We would have. Well, anyway. Uh, a good time. Uh, don't know when we'll be back, but I know we're coming back soon. All right. Soon. That's good. Soon. That's three shows in the last, you know, if – in the last six months or so, depending on when you come back, that's a lot. It's all good stuff. Down well, here, which is great. Right. Again, always happy that you're working your, what I like to say, your other job of being, you know, rock and roll star, Paul Cuthbert. It's going well, man, I have to say. We're, we're uh, especially here in the Northeast. All of us who live along the harbor. <laughs> nah, there it is again. It's all good. Well, Rob, it's time to oh. kick off the show. With headlines that make you do lines. I was going to talk about the big news in my own house. I can save that for later in the show. Oh, you got big news? Yes. Huge. Hold on. 
see. Huge elephant-sized you know, these, these, these communication breaks down here at the Honchos. We have a format here. You did not. There's nothing in here that says anything in the showgram notes that I got but, a big surprise before we go to headlines. No, no, but it's, it's not we, we usually do a little schmoozing before the formal show, we just and did I a you know schmoozing. I don't know. I didn't get to talk about you know. You're looking at this guy. You know, who has two thumbs, and is officially a Nielsen viewer. This guy. That's right. The Nielsen rating system sent this guy a letter saying you've been chosen to be a Nielsen viewer. And there's the best part. Just for opening the envelope, <laughs> I got two, not one, but two crisp dollar bills. That's right. They put cash into this envelope, and they had one of those windows on the envelope, and you could see the money through the envelope. And I thought, it's got to be fake, because why would they be dumb enough to put real money in the window of an envelope like, I thought it was one of those, it looks like a dollar on one side, but it's a pad of paper on the other. It was real money, real legal tender. And and if I complete the survey and do my Nielsen duties, I can expect another, wait for it, $5 in cold hard cash from your friends at the Nielsen Entertainment Bureau or whatever they're called. So there you go. I'm going to decide – What's going to be on, or more importantly, what's not going to be on, your televisions. So kiss my ass, everybody. Be nice. I, I when I say kiss I, my I ass, I mean congratulations. suck up. I, I don't know, congratulations on the, new, on the new gig, the money. Now, is that that's the one lump sum, right? That's all you're getting? Uh, that's a lot. I'm a civil servant. That's like, you know, it's Christmas and Hanukkah all wrapped into one for this guy. Seven bucks to park my... Ass on the sofa and watch some TV right, and make a few now. notes. Hold on. All right. Now, see, now you brought this up. Now we need to know how this works. I'm sorry. I can't reveal that information. Oh, come on. No, it's, you know what it is? Honestly, it's a survey that I fill out. What kind of TV do I watch? How long do I spend watching? And favorite how shows? often are you going to do this? I, so far, I'm going to do one and see if I get more. But I'm making seven cool bucks just from circling a few things. And. The post, the envelope is postage prepaid. All right, so uh, I, I don't know. I missed it before, but um, did did you sign up for this? No, it was totally random. <laughs> totally, I didn't. I, I don't you think, think you can you sign think up. You for got it. this because you're a couch potato, and all you do is watch TV. No, I hardly. That's all I do. I just think they said, oh, this looks like a neighborhood we haven't tapped into yet." Here, I have my name on it, so it wasn't just you no know, occupant. It actually had my name on it, so I don't know. Who knows? Where, where do you, where does your area, Baltimore? Where do you guys rank for Nielsen ratings? Well, we're more DC than Baltimore, okay. so um, we all know is that from a from a market share standpoint, we're a top ten market. Baltimore, I think, is right outside of the top ten. Uh, I know we're below New York and Philadelphia and Houston of all places. So I don't know where exactly. We're not number one. You're not number one? No. No, that would be New York, New York or Los Angeles would be number one. So anyway, I just it's exciting news around these parts. That's what makes for exciting news in Germantown. And that's what you interrupted the carnival. Well, I mean the uh headline. All right, man. Look, hey, look, congratulations. I'm sorry. Thank you. you. Get, I'm sorry you didn't get more. Don't uh, rain on my parade. I'm not <laughs> I mean I I'm not raining on your parade in any way, but um you know, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, again, you're going to fill out one survey 
this week and then mail it in? Yes. And so then you, I'll get now, it. so do you do you have to watch TV now all week? No, I think it's my viewing habits for this survey. And then who knows? Maybe the next one will be, please watch this show. Or maybe I'll get the dreaded Nielsen box where it monitors what I'm watching They have boxes that they'll attach to your... Really? That's how they know you're watching TV. Yeah. It's not just a survey. It they actually like, have it sounds equipment like an Am- that you can book on your TV. Sounds like an Amway scheme or something like hey, that. Hey, man, I got seven bucks for, again, a couple minutes <sighs> of my time. I'm okay with that. All right. Enjoy yourself. Here we go. Thank you. Enjoy I always yourself. do. Watch a lot of TV. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before we were rudely interrupted by the Nielsen-sponsored honcho, it's time <laughs> the headlines that make you do lines. Woohoo! Don't be jealous of my newfound jealous. Sports. All right. I got three. I got hot off the press. Three stories for you. We go to the Bizarre Ways to Die desk. Is that appropriate tonight? Really? Yes. Uh, we go to. <laughs> yes. No yes, discussion. it is. No discussion. <laughs> Headline, OSHA cites LaSalle Dairy Farm for violations after driver died in unguarded manure pit. Dear Lord. Unguarded manure pit. That'd be a great name for a punk band. Uh, LaSalle, Colorado, the U.S. Department of Labor has cited a LaSalle Dairy Farm operator for multiple violations following investigation into how an employee drowned in a manure pit at the dairy in March. And And it wasn't like his face was in the manure this is even better. Juan Ponzo Tamoxley, 44, drowned when the vacuum truck he was driving entered an unguarded manure holding pit at Shelton Dairy. The subsequent federal workplace safety investigation found the dairy farm failed to protect its workers from drowning, crushing, and chemical... And then the story cuts off. The company faces $24,000, $575 in penalties. Only... $25,000 for one of your employees drowning in manure. Uh, sources close to tech to Moxley's family said workers at the site. Let me go back a pair. Sorry. Based on the investigation, inspectors found that Tamoxley had been offloading manure when the vehicle drove into the 12 foot deep pit with Tamoxley trapped in the cab. The pit did not have, quote, adequate guarding or curbing to prevent the truck from falling into the manure pit while moving it into position. Sources close to Tamoxley's family said workers at the site were not able to pull the truck out of the pit. And this is my favorite part of the story. He was submerged for about 30 minutes before a helicopter arrived. And that's not what killed him. He died the following day in a hospital from hypoxic injuries due to lack of oxygen. So it's bad enough he was in a newer pit for half an hour, but then he was still alive when they took him out. So there you go. Bizarre ways to die. $25,000. That's what a man's life is worth. To the office of safety. Well, and they health. can can't they? The family can still continue to sue, right? Oh, I am sure the lawsuits are going to be plentiful. Yeah. So not to and, worry. And who, and who again gave them the the, the, the twenty five thousand? What is it? This is the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, the Office of Occupational That's Safety. That's what the health. U.S. Department of Labor gave them. <laughs> yeah. Twenty five thousand. That's it. I can imagine now. Well, now, no disrespect to Juan's family, but this, you no. know we can probably it's, envision the phone call. Another no, guy, another guy drowned in a manure pit. That's uh, uh, twenty-five thousand. Hey, Larry, why don't we send the family again for manure pit deaths? Oh, 20, uh, 25 grand. Send them twenty-five. Yeah, 
What, manure? Wait, was it manure or was it, uh, you know, human excrement? Oh, it was manure? No, 25,000. Human excrement, 50K. 50 large if it's human excrement. So, yeah, there you go. Pal, Next. This, this just in on the hot wire as before you continue here. Your Washington Capitals are now up 1-0 on my New York Strangers. Looks like uh, TJ Oshie is banging his first goal of the season. Congratulations. No. We're going to need all the wins we can get until Backstrom comes back from his hip injury. But, oh, uh, most importantly, before we get to this next story, Dateline Vancouver, speaking of Canada, even though there's two American teams, uh, did the game start with uh, fisticuffs? With a nope. scrum, a big brawl at center ice? Okay, good. Gallant's in town. It's, it's, it's a different team. They're not that good. All right. A headline from Dateline Vancouver. McDonald's customer dies in drive through after freak accident. More death. So... Important safety. I told you, it's the strange ways to die desk. The Vancouver Police Department released a statement confirming that a man died at a McDonald's location yesterday morning. According to the statement, the victim had pulled up to the window to pay for his order. Don't please proceed with caution here, kids. At one point, he dropped an object out of his car and attempted to pick it up. And you can see where this is going. In order to do so, he opened the door. Unfortunately, the vehicle then rolled forward collided with a part of the restaurant structure and the victim became pinned between the door and the frame of his car. Emergency workers were called to the scene and first responders attempted to revive the driver. Uh, Constable Tanya Visentin of the Vancouver Police Department said efforts were made by first responders to revive the man, but tragically he died on the scene. This is an absolutely heartbreaking scenario. Our deepest condolences go out to the family and friends of this man. So there you go. If you're in a drive-thru and you drop something out of your car, please, for heaven's sake. I didn't don't. even know Vancouver had McDonald's. Rolled That's down good to, to get know. Them. Yeah. yeah. That's what you take away from the story? They were an advanced city up there. That's that's your takeaway? Not poor, well, unnamed victim? Not how will this affect sales? But hey, Vancouver has a McDonald's. Good times. As long as you don't drop anything out of your uh, yeah, car. Yeah, I guess maybe I should uh, acknowledge the fact that somebody. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to hear and about the, that. And finally, you know, on this show, I'm always chastised for all of the penis stories. And yeah. there'll be one next week. Don't worry. Yeah. So I thought this week, how about a little extra, how about a little, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not uh, extra time, not balance time. What's the word when you have to give equal time? Thank you. Jeez, it sucks to be old. A little equal time to female genitalia oh no now you now you now you now you're dancing on you know right but this woman did not die headline woman and this is from your new york post headline woman nearly dies after eight hour wedgie from high-waisted shorts you can't make this stuff up folks come on listen listen to how the new york post starts the story (laughs) who wears short shorts Probably not her again. Oh, no. I love I love the New York newspapers. A North Carolina woman shared that she could have easily died after she contracted a bacterial infection from wearing high-waisted denim shorts. Well, that's your first problem. High-waisted denim shorts for eight hours. A video recounting her nearly fatal fashion disaster boasts more than eight million views on TikTok because America is sick. Moral of the story that because America is sick is my editorial. Moral of the story, tight shorts are out wrote Sam, who goes by, I'm too old to be on this on TikTok and has apparently since set her account to private under the clip chronicling the accidental atomic wedgie which occurred three years ago while she was out on a date. 
Uh, speaking about the incident of BuzzFeed, the bedraggled gal recalled that she was, quote, wearing very uncomfortable clothes, which prompted her to pick up, pick at the high-riding Heine Huggers, a pic oh, of which she on. shared in a video follow-up. That's not a real name, is it? That's what, that's what your New York Post is calling it. Several times during the eight-hour outing, eventually the gal opted to, quote, ignore it and just enjoy my time. But the next day, the gal started feeling very ill and noticed that she had a large bump where the chafing had occurred. As time went on, it started becoming more painful. The bewildered woman told BuzzFeed the pain was isolated to one spot and it felt like a throbbing, stabbing pain. The next day, Sam visited a doctor who gave her antibiotics for a possible skin infection in my A-crack, she oh noted God. in the TikTok video. We've, but lost, by that we're point, we've lost any. This, this show is done. It's gone. But by that point, it was already too late, Paul. The next morning, Sam fell into what she later discovered was septic shock after contracting a skin infection called cellulitis. BuzzFeed reported the woman's mother rushed her shivering, very breathless daughter to the hospital, where, according to Sam, medical professionals considered cutting off the infected part of her derriere. However, all's well that ends well. And I will just cut off the rest of the story so we can get on with the business of sports. But the moral of the story is don't wear denim shorts. And if you feel it getting a little tight in the crotchal regions, well, do look, something. You can wear denim shorts. I, obviously, the lesson learned here is you have to put a time limit on how long exactly. you're going to wear these shirts. And as far as if, the TikTok thing, man, I mean, people that's are just, nuts. Do you have a TikTok account? I, of course not, because I'm 100 years old. Come on. What am I going to have? Get My trips to the supermarket to buy Metamucil? All right. So uh, you folks can't see this, obviously. So, you know, you know I'm in the music business, right? So. Basically, for, for social media and, and sports podcasts, too. It's really Facebook and Instagram, right? But TikTok, unfortunately, is this new beast now that you need to use for promoting things and probably more on, on, the, on the music side of things. So I had to create, or um, not that I had to, but I created a TikTok account for me. Oh, God. And I, when I was about to press... You know, submit, you know, to, to turn the whole damn thing on. It was like I was just about to press like a, a, you know, dynamite under a bridge. Like, what am I doing? But the fact, what was her, her account? I'm too old to be on this. Uh, I what, we're, Yes, I'm too old to be on this. Yeah, well, that was my feeling. Now, I haven't done anything. I haven't posted anything. I just right. messed around with some of the effects and stuff like that, and, you know, the video stuff. And I really... I have some ideas what I'm going to use it to do in terms of promoting some music and stuff like that, but I I don't want to be on it. It's like I get no. skeevy heebie You feel creepy. Yes, and, yes. And it's, great, vertical, it's, it's vertical video. So it's they can they can now. they can eat me. If it's not horizontal letterbox format dynamic motion capture video, who needs it? By the way, before we leave this forever, just so our listeners can bring their anxiety level down about tight jean shorts. <laughs> Sam was able to recover in the ICU and avoid the rump-ruining surgery after three days of recuperation. The grateful gal was discharged from the hospital without any lasting effects, aside from the embarrassment of constantly having to show my two doctors every day. So there you go. So they call it down there? Well, <laughs> uh, no, I was I was just cleaning. Oh, it was a dash dash in the New York Post story, so I thought I would. Make it a little more artistic. With well the, done, uh, well done, Mister Cuny. I like that. Yes. So I'll, when I see when I go down to Annapolis now, my next show, you know, hey right. ladies, how's it hurts doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey ladies, show us your. <laughs> 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 
Both popcorns. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, everybody, you don't like the show? You can kiss my... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that boy. is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Are we, are we still on the air? Yeah, I guess we are. Okay. <laughs> yes, we are. There's no doubt about it. Oh, my goodness, man. Nah, see, it's not as good as. Yeah, uh, no, it's not the one, man. It's not the one I wanted to, to do. <laughs> Let's see this one here. There we go. There we go. Hey, that's good. Oh, hey, now. hey, ladies. <laughs> How dare you say such things in front of my wife? Ah, <laughs> oh, too much. Uh, caps are up 2 0, baby. Crazy stuff going on down there in D.C. This could be the highlight of our year. But you know where else has been crazy this past week? College football? College football, baby! Woo-hoo! I am Mr. Segway. I am completely on the Texas A&M bandwagon, buddy! Come aboard! Well, you got room be. in the front! Let's go! The drums, baby! The back! They were banging all week! What a weekend! What a weekend ahead! And you know who's here to tell us all about it? Mr. College Football Honcho himself, Mr. Robert Cutie! What's up, pal? Sponsored by, no, not sponsored by The Athletic. <laughs> no, we'll get to The Athletic, and we'll have a Presbyterian Blue Hose update. Yes! Not to worry. But, really, what have I been saying the last couple shows about the college football season? Chaos, my friend. Chaos is the name of the game this season. Now we have even more chaos, thanks to number one Alabama losing for the first time since 2019. I've got some behind the numbers about that particular game. Before we get to the Texas A&M upset and Jimbo Fisher's revenge for the Nick Saban golf comment, uh, look, if you had said last year at this time that your top five in the AP poll would be in this order, Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and then Alabama, you someone would have said, did you read that out of order? Alabama's fifth? Yes. Alabama's fifth. Cincinnati. And Iowa at two and three. Iowa, okay, Big Ten, not a surprise. They've been a good program for years. Cincinnati, an up-and-comer, but now they're at number three. And now the pressure is squarely on Cincinnati to hold on to that ranking. We'll get to that when we get to the games to look forward to next week. But look, no matter what happens, as much as the chaos is great, as much as we enjoy seeing Alabama knocked off its perch, it, none of this really matters until ESPN decides who's in the college football playoff. One loss for Alabama, not necessarily fatal. They run the table, including uh, meeting Georgia in the SEC championship. They could both squeeze their way into the college football playoff because what's it all about, Paul? It's all about money and what, who people want to see. People don't want to see Iowa and Cincinnati. No offense to either of those two schools. They want to see Alabama. They want to see Georgia. They want to see Ohio State. They would... Want to see Clemson if they weren't so you're telling in the me dumpster. If, if the ranking stayed this way, the fix would be in? Somehow, Alabama. They'll do whatever they can to legitimately, wink, wink, get Alabama in. Mm, writing that down. So, I'm not, I mean, I would love to see it stay just like this because you've got four teams. Well, Oklahoma's been around, Georgia too, but Iowa and Cincinnati, some new blood in the college football playoff would be great. And if I told you that in week six of the college football season, the only undefeated ACC team 
would be Wake Forest. Wake monsters. Forest. The monsters of Wake Forest. Nobody would believe me. Clemson is looking at the AP Top 25 from way down below it. Now, let's see. Are they receiving votes? Yeah, they got 63 votes. That's Clemson. Wake Forest. Number 16 with a bullet. Up three spots from last week. So. They are changing. Chaos. That's the name of the game. Well, Rob, is this because of all the changes? Because of which changes specifically are we talking all about? All the changes. The conferences, the divisions, the flipping around. The uniforms, um, the stadiums, the masks, the, the, no masks, the vaccinations, the no vaccinations, the Democrats, the Republicans, and the independents. Well, what is causing all this chaos? A lot of the conventional wisdom points to things like the transfer portal. And now recruiting, the battlefield for recruiting has moved from high schools to other colleges where you have good players on the bench. And these schools say, why don't you come play for us? You can come right you know, in. How many transfers out. have there been in, in six weeks? Well, it's not these six weeks. It's what's been happening since the end of last season and the beginning of this season. All the trends. Have there been a lot of Maybe. It always seems like you pick up a paper in your hometown. Was there a high number of transfers since they changed it? Yes, there have been more than – let's put it this way. More than – do I have that number? Of course not. Of course I don't know how many people transferred. I don't – I have no idea. Ballpark. 10,000. Hey, like what that? are their names and addresses? <laughs> they're all named. They're all named Smith or Jones. All right. Or, so, the, so the tra- so that's that's the new thing with the NCAA well, here. So the transfer thing is, is is changing things up a little bit. And that's and a good that's thing, not, right? That's not the only thing. Yes, that is not a for very TV good thing. right now. But like I said, you say the fix is going to be in, so not a big deal. No, eventually, and I think. With the nil, we're not going to see the no rights, name, image, and likeness impact for a couple of years. But once players realize certain schools have more marketing opportunities than others, that's going to change the landscape also. But as I told you, it's all heading towards 25 to 50 schools in one super conference, just completely divorcing themselves from the NCAA. Speaking now, of money, now that you are part of the Nielsen, uh, you know, entourage, will you have an effect now on the decision making for the uh, NCAA championships? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Then I'm not just being coy. I don't know. They Maybe they'll ask me, hey, who do you want to see in the college football playoff? And I would say, um, let's see. I'm going to look at my hand in the top 25. I'm going to say Presbyterian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, San Diego State. Appalachian State. I want the all all either Christian names or (laughs) states. And Kansas State. There you go. So, but yes, the big, the big, the big game from last week was, of course, Texas A&M putting the hit on Alabama in a last second field goal. It was fantastic. If you're, unless you're an Alabama fan, which for the most part, everybody in the country was rooting for Texas A&M, except for the few folks that root for Alabama outside of the state of Alabama. So here are some numbers for you. Uh, This was... The last loss, Alabama's loss against Texas A&M was ended a streak of 100 straight victories against unranked teams. 100. The last time Alabama lost an unranked opponent was 2007 against University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, this is the first time in 25 games that Saban has lost to one of his assistant coaches. Uh, 65 out of a possible 121 weeks, Alabama's in ranked number one in the AP poll which is quite extraordinary, since 2014. 
and the college football era, that is. Uh, November 30th, 2019, so almost two years ago, was the last time Alabama lost. And this win ended a 19-game losing streak for Texas A&M against the mighty Crimson Tide. And perhaps most important of all, we didn't talk about this over the summer. It was almost the dope of the week. Jimbo Fisher. I'm glad he wasn't because I would I would have been the dope of the week. But Jimbo Fisher said over the summer uh, that he was looking forward to beating, I'm paraphrasing, to beating Alabama this year. To which Nick Saban replied, in golf? I remember that. I remember ha, 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 ha. But who's laughing now? That's right, Jimbo Fisher. But here's the thing. When you've got, what, seven national championships and you've lost one game and you're still in contention for an eighth, Eh, I mean, the funniest thing I heard about this was from Mitch Album of all people, is the, the hardest thing for Nick Saban is trying to remember the last time he had to give a speech to the locker room about after a loss. What do you say? <laughs> you get up there and go, I'm not very good at this because we don't do this very often. So tough loss. See you next week. Can I ask a question? Please. All right. So I... Pretty much just saw the highlight of the, the game winning field goal and the really sweet video of his family watching and all that stuff. I saw that as myself. It's fantastic. So I just have a quick question because I didn't watch the game. I didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to really run through the highlights. So my question is, did was this an out of normal game for Alabama? Was there any controversy in the game? Was there a big stop by Texas A&M? What, how did the do you know? Did you watch the game? Did you see the highlights? Did you see any summary in terms of what actually happened here? to uh, have Texas A&M prevail against uh, the Mighty Roll Tide? They're just uh, the biggest problem with Alabama now, and I only saw the highlights, is their defense isn't what it used to be. Their their aura of invincibility isn't what it used to be. There was a time when if Alabama got a lead late into a game, you were done. That was it. No matter how much time was left in the fourth quarter, that was it. Um, But Alabama is just – and it's – We've seen that. We saw that last year when they played, what, the 63 48 game, something like that against Ole Miss. And people were like, You gave up 48 points to Ole Miss? That where they almost had to score 50 plus points just to win. That's a trend that's been continuing with their defense, despite the cupcakes they've had early in the season. Um, and it's just also do theory. At some point, you're Alabama, and I'm not blaming this on Nick Saban, I think it's part of the culture. You, you join that team, you, there's this aura that we can do anything, and you get a little complacent. I'm not saying they looked past Texas A&M. They are an SEC rival after all, and it was A&M's only loss last year, but it, it's that old cliche, who wants it more? And perhaps, you know, A&M wanted it more. But I don't know that for sure. I don't like to say that about players. I think players want to win, but... Sometimes you feel like we don't have to try as hard because, hey, we're Alabama. Yeah. I don't – again, I don't know that for sure. But I do know their defense isn't what it used to be. And that well, seems to be part of the Well, you have to imagine the rest of the way now, you, it'll be interesting to watch how Roll Tide rolls out from here. So, yep. uh, obviously, anybody who's playing them, playing against them, is going to look at A&M and, and say, hey, look, if they can do it, right. we can exactly. do it. And, and, and Cuny just said their weakness is on the defensive side, so we got to attack. Attack, attack. So with that said, um, I know you're talking about Georgia here in Iowa and Cincinnati and Oklahoma. Uh, as far as the undefeated teams here in the rankings, um, Georgia, are these teams f- for real? You think they can 
We're going to find out. Here at the end? I, I think, I mean, look, Oklahoma Barring, seems to be. injuries right. and all that other stuff. But. You know, none of them really have been dominant. That's the other thing about this season is there's no team that you can say, well, there was one team way up here, which is usually Alabama or Ohio State some years, and the rest are way down here. Um, I'm going to get to this in the games next week, but uh, Georgia will face its first real test when they play Kentucky this weekend. Iowa, look, Iowa's always good, but they still have to play, you know, some of the big boys in the conference. Beating Penn State, Penn State lost its quarterback in that game early in the, in the first half, and that made all the difference. Did they look uh, in the it, locker room for him? Yeah. Good one. Hold on. There you go. Um, Cincinnati, I mean, uh, they're a great story. Great team. This kid, uh, Desmond Ritter, is the real deal. Look for him on Sundays. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the burgundy and gold next year. Uh, but is that the, they is don't... that the new name of the team? No. Oh, no. Got excited no. there for a The Wolf Skins. That's not so a we'll bad see. name. We'll see. And Oklahoma. Burgundy and gold. Actually, it wouldn't be that bad. I mean, they, they have the Cleveland Browns. Why not the Washington Burgundy and gold? Bingo. Um, right Oklahoma. Alone. Of the four teams, has faced the toughest tests, but I put that in quotes because, you know, it's not they haven't separated themselves as much as a six and zero team should, and they're in the midst of a quarterback controversy. Their Heisman favorite Spencer Rattler was benched in the game against Texas for freshman sensation Caleb Williams. That's what Oklahoma does. They churn out great quarterbacks, and like Alabama, they have a mixed success when they get to the NFL. So none of those top four teams really have separated themselves. This weekend will tell us a lot about, certainly about Georgia, actually about all of uh, uh, Georgia, Cincinnati and Oklahoma and well, Alabama. What's great here is though, is this is, I think the rest of the way for people who are maybe, you know, sick and tired of Clemson and Alabama and Notre Dame and everything else uh, to see how these, you know, top three or four or five teams here do. Right. The rest of the way, I think it makes it interesting. It obviously puts pressure on the big teams as we get deeper into the season with the you know the, the NCAA playoff. Uh, you know how they they set it up. You know for TV, which they're all so. I think this is fun too. So on the network side, you got to kind of giggle in the corner that this would be great if these teams just screw everything up for them. Yeah. But like I, well, we talked about this last year with the, um, you know, with the playoffs. And the championship series, too. We'd love to see different teams in it because we're getting yep. tired of Clemson and Roll Tide and all that other stuff. But, so but I, I'm lurking. all for this. What's that? Lurking. Now, the other thing to bear in mind, that lurking at number six is Ohio State. If Ohio State runs the table, wins the Big Ten championship, it's going to be hard to keep them out as well. Who so, is their loss to? They're looking good. They lost to Oregon in Ohio. And then Oregon went out and I believe lost to Stanford. So there were two teams. There was a team in the top Stanford, of the heap. Man, they're just slaying giants this year. What's going on? So they're, um, you know, Ohio State's right there again. They're actually ranked above Oregon, which is number seven. Sorry, number nine. Ohio State's number six. So you know, they're never the big the big two: Alabama, Ohio State. They're never. They never seem to be too far from the fray. So we'll see. I, okay. I just I have a feeling I, I have a feeling one of them is destined to be in the college football playoff. Are they playing each other at all this year? Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah. Not unless they make it to the playoffs against each other. Oh damn! Sorry. That'd be great. It would be. 
That, talk about separating teams hey, you, from each other. You got connections now. You're part of Nielsen Network. Right. Well, I can't. I can only say who should be in the playoff, not who should be playing each other. Sorry. You got my tremendous sports? power for seven dollars. <laughs> my tremendous TV programming power. All right. So you, seven, you have some uh, NCAA uh, nuggets for us, or what? Of course. Well, let's go. Brought to us up. by our good friends at the Athletic. Number one, the 40, 40, 40 ranked teams to lose through six weeks or the most through six weeks in the poll era since 1936. We have 40 ranked teams have lost already in the sixth week of the season. That hasn't happened again in the college football, the poll era, which goes back to 1936. You know, when I was in on eighth grade, Iowa's defense Speaking of the top five, 10 interceptions in the past two games. Their defense rock solid. So I liked, I, I will always put my money on a team with a great defense. I'm hoping they can run the table because it'd Not be nice to see Micah. a team like Iowa. What? Knock on for Micah. Micah, yes. <laughs> uh, Michigan State became the fifth team in Division One history in the same game. A 300-yard passer, 200-yard receiver, and a 200-yard rusher in their 31-13 win at Mighty Rutgers. That should tell you something right there, that if you beat Rutgers, you're playing Rutgers and you have a 300-yard passer, 200-yard receiver, and 200-yard rusher, and you only win by 18 points, you're not, you're not for down real. there, Rutgers, by the way. You what? It's a nice stadium. Been there. Hung out there. Had a few I've been there. to the, um, the rec center, the indoor rec center, to watch a basketball game, which I like. Of course, that was several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most entertaining game of last week. I know the biggest game was Alabama, Texas A&M, but the most entertaining game was Ole Miss beating Arkansas 52-51 to 51 on a last second. Is that second. because there were a lot of dentists there giving free uh, exams? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the game was won when Ole Miss stopped an Arkansas two-point conversion. Fantastic. But anyway, they combined for 1,287 total yards, including 674 yards on the ground. Again, the most entertaining game of the weekend, even if it wasn't the most impactful. Uh, Kentucky is 6-0 and for the first time in 71 years. Again, a team you never see in the top 25, not since Tim Couch was quarterbacking. Um, now, if that's as impressive as that is, Wake Forest is 6-0 and for the first time in 77 years. So, we've got teams you rarely ever see uh, doing well. And now, for the Maryland should never be in the Big Ten update for you. Yes, my Terps. They had a real squeaker against Ohio State this past weekend, losing 66-17. to 66-17. to Again, Maryland should never be, never have gone to the Big Ten. We know why they did it. Straight cash, homie but they shouldn't be there. Ohio State is averaging almost 60 points per game in seven games against Maryland since Maryland joined the Big Ten. That's a good football team. The fewest points Ohio has scored in any of the games they've played against Maryland since they joined, 49. (laughs) And you've seen all of them, right? Uh, Unfortunately, yes. Okay, and now brace yourselves. Oh, sorry, there's one more. This is just a quirky stat that shows that someone has too much time on their hands. Before this season, there were only 13 games with a 32-29 final score in major college football history. Before this season, 13 times in over 100 years. There have been three in the past five weeks and two on Saturday. So, there you go. That's your 
I have they have too much time on their hands stat of the day. And now for your Presbyterian Blue Hose update. Woo-hoo! When they lost thirty eight to thirty to Moorhead State to fall to two and three, uh they attempted five onside kicks. Five. five. Oh my god. Five onside kicks and recovered two of them. Unbelievable. They converted four of twelve fourth down attempts for zero points. They converted three of four two point attempts after touchdowns. And quarterback Ren Hefley, great name, completed 50 of 80 passes. 80! He dropped back 80 times for 551 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, and six sacks. Gee, I wonder why. When you drop back 80 times. Really don't want to be a running back on that squad. No. So there you go. There's your Presbyterian Blue Hose update. They are 0-3 in conference. I play some defense. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Some nuggets. The NCA missed the Robicuni. Yep. Your favorite honcho and mine. Brought to you by, again, our good friends, not a sponsor yet, at The Athletic. Good stuff, man. Thank you. I'm standing, too. Hold on. He is standing. You can't see him, but he is standing. All right, pal. Yes, we sir. Ready li- we ready to leave the dormitories. We are. The dormitories? Is that what they call them? I don't know. Yes. Oh, look. Ovi is playing. That goal was assist. The Oshie goal was an assist by yeah. Michigan. And uh, they, uh, they, they, pull, they call the other one back. So, mm. there you go. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to head to the rinks. The hardwood. Talk some hardball here on the sports. Pancho. Nope. NHL season back, baby. Everything counts, man. Last night, the Seattle Kraken, baby, lost on a controversial goal to the Vegas Knights, who put on some show there. Got to go see a game there. Hey, look, and don't forget two-time, two-time defending champion Tampa Bay crushing or being losing. They lose six to two. They got crushed. Six to two. Your, your Pittsburgh Penguins. Right, did you did you happen to see? Speaking of Seattle and Vegas, did you see the opening? I just show? said they put on some show there. That that with the, with the cracking coming out of the ice, it was fantastic. Good stuff, you almost right? thought for a minute that it was Seattle's home arena, but no, it was Vegas vanquishing the mighty Kraken. It's fantastic. They put on. I mean, it's Vegas. Come on, what do you want? Of course, they're going to put on a great show, and they actually have a hockey team that can live up to that sort of one showmanship. Yep. All right, well, you can't go 80, 82 and 0 without going 1 and 0. Well, just remember, just remember that. So five games on tonight uh, on the ice. Uh, ESPN debuted their broadcast last night. TNT is doing their shows this evening too, and I got to tell you the uh, the new TNT studio, TV studio is uh, it's very nice. I want to oh, get, get a tour. I want to get a tour because it's really really. I haven't. I didn't see the studio shows, but I was watching some of the Tampa Pittsburgh game, and I, I tell you, Sean McDonough, it's just. It, first of all, it looks great on ESPN. Did you see the Messier video, narrated video, saying that ESPN was coming, well, hockey was coming back to ESPN? It was fantastic. But the, I didn't see any of the studio stuff again. But the presentation, the way it looked, it just it had that feel of this is where hockey belongs back on ESPN. Um, so that's one game I realized. But they're, I'm sure TNT will do a fine job, but 
I was just happy to see hockey back on ESPN. Well, the, the, the reports were in the preseason that the TNT was definitely having its problems. No, they got old chick and Albert. So they got look, a good broadcast crew. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, really, I think, look, the new, uh, the studio looks good. They got um, Carter, Anson Carter's in there. Uh, McDonough, McHugh, whatever that kid is from. Liam McHugh. Yeah, Liam McHugh, he's back on there. Uh, Bissonette, uh, the great one. Gretz is in there looking good, you know. So they got a pretty decent team in there uh, as far, and I think uh, Charles Barkley was in there tonight having fun. So, hey, look, um, look, as far as puckheads like us, it's just great. The game is back. We got an 82-game full season. Everybody's back in the buildings. I think only one or two arenas up in Canada are going to be – Yep. Not full capacity. but And they're uh, playing every other team, not just, you know, eight games against their people in their own yeah, division. It's back to normal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Thank goodness. It's 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 kind of weird. It's kind of surreal. It's it's great. It it feels early, though. They always start this early in October? Or are they starting early because of the Olympic break? This is right around time. This is right around the usual time. Now, they, they might it, be, I always thought it was later in October. They, they, I guess okay, no basketball well, I, starts. I think you, you're you on to something here. I, I can forget the initial reports, but there's probably a week difference in terms of either later or earlier. I think you're right. There's something that's different there. Now, we've already talked about the Winter Olympics, which are not going right. to happen because yeah. we're going to be going to war with China. Right. We, we did that one already. Yeah. So, never mind. No Olympic break necessary. It'll be a war break. Yes. So, um... <laughs> But all around, uh, you know, it's it's back. Uh, just great to see uh, the game start. Look, game one, two, it's a long season. We all know that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be uh, following the season that was going along here, too. But it's just, it's exciting for the, I guess, just for the sport itself. Uh, they get through, uh, you know, the you know tip of the hat to the NHL, Gary Bettman. They had two great uh, tournaments there, you know, half season, and obviously the summer, summer tournament where uh, Tampa Bay wins both trophies. They got through it. Uh, they kept everything together. They got all the money. And then this this TV deal with ESPN and TNT is phenomenal, so they kind of rolled it in. So the NHL, for the most part, Rob, here, is in pretty good shape. And these kids are a couple of contracts that were just signed here uh, in the last couple of weeks getting, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year. Which, and I want to throw this at you. When Mark Messier got his deal for six million back in the nineties. And he he had six cups, six rings, or whatever the heck it was. And here we are, 2020, 2021 here. And uh, what, the kids of Banajev from the Rangers there, I think he got $7 million, close to $8 million per a year, whatever it is. So is that much of a change? Now, these guys haven't won anything yet. You know, there's a couple of these guys, you know, and we talked about McDavid, Conor McDavid getting $100 million, and we talked on the show about, uh, what, Ovechkin. That contract just ended, right? He just signed a new... Yeah, this is his, This is the last year of the thirteen year, <laughs> thirteen years. So you're, you're it was a, so you're impressive. A guy, you're a numbers guy. I mean, does this? You know, I mean, the league obviously is in good shape. Uh, you know, the, the the NHL as far as everybody's you know vaccinated. Uh, you got to be vaccinated to get into pretty much all the arenas and everything else. So the sport itself, the league itself, the NHLPA, everything else seems to be in pretty good shape going forward. But your thoughts on on some of the numbers there on the contracts? Well, I mean, it's it's. What have I been saying since we started this show is that the NHL is of the four major sports. Well, I'll, I'll take the NFL out because they make money just when they open their eyes in the morning. But of baseball and basketball and hockey, hockey said right away, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep the lights on. 
whether it's, you know, the, the ads on the helmets or, you know, whatever other sort of salary cap machinations they went through, whatever they're doing, whatever steps they're going to take. <clears throat> Excuse me. I choked to death. I get very emotional talking that's about okay. money. Um, clearly, that's paid off because the money is there. Teams, and it's not just, you know, big market teams like New York. Teams will, if they're giving out these contracts, then clearly all the work that Bettman and the league has done over the last you know, season and a half, year and a half, 18 months, this whole pandemic universe we've been in, it's worked. And I realized that $8 million for a player who's won as many cups as I have versus $6 million for someone who had six, that's a million dollars a cup, by the way. I mean, it's just a sign of the times. You know, the, the days of, and I think we see this in, in all sports, certainly baseball as well, as well as hockey predominantly, Players don't get paid for what they did anymore. You're not, it's not a um, lifetime achievement award getting big contracts. Now it's what are you going to do for me? With Messier, you're looking behind and saying, hey, you got six cups, here's $6 million. Okay, with your boy in New York, it's what are you going to bring us over the next four or five years? What was the contract length? For uh, Zabanajad? Zabanajad, yeah. It was like eight four years. years eight years. They're looking, yeah. look, and I'm sure they can get out of it before the eight years. I would. I mean, I would be surprised if they were. Yeah, there's no all the typical no movement clause. Yeah, and blah, blah, blah. so they're looking and saying, "What are you going to bring us?" You know, and, and and the trend. I'm not sure if hockey is following this as as aggressively as baseball, but the trend now is to say, "Look, you're young, 21, 22, 23, 24. We're going to give you a contract that takes you to about 30, 31, and then we're done with you." We're no longer giving you the Albert Pujols treatment where at 32, you're getting a 10-year contract that we're going to be regretting four years into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Ovi's 36. So he was 23, 22, 23 when he signed the 13-year deal, which, again, was people laughed at. 13 years for this guy, back before he was one of the great, if not the greatest goal scorer of our time. He had Obviously, it was nowhere near winning a Stanley Cup then. But they said, you know, we want to lock you up. We want to see what you're going to do for us. And so now we've seen that trend of we're not paying players anymore for what they did in the past. It's only what are you going to do going forward? So it's almost a hard comparison to make old, you know, contracts from the 90s to the contracts now. And I think that's fine. You know, it's it's everyone's in it to make money, but they're also in it to win. And so you have to say we're going to we're going to gamble more now on players and big contracts than paying you for what you've done in the past. And I think it's great because again, the bottom line, it means the NHL is healthy. Teams aren't give even, uh, even the Rangers in the number one market in the country aren't giving away money. If the league's in trouble, the league is healthy and that's the best thing about those contracts. And I will tell you something else. The, uh, the prices still are incredibly expensive, you know, to go see a hockey game. Man, it is expensive. There's no doubt about it. I mean, as far as, you know, um, you know, just taking your kids, yep. you know, to, to see a game. But anyway, real quick on the NHL as far as this season is concerned here, full season again. Um, now Gary Bettman and the GMs, they have their uh, even 32 teams, eight teams, four divisions. A uh, couple minor changes there with uh, Arizona going into the Central and Seattle now out in the Pacific. That little yes, it should be. There. And, as it um, should be. Yeah, as it should be. 
So it looks good, man. Uh, you know, it's look the parity in the league is pretty good. You know, there's a couple of teams there you might laugh at, and so it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, these last two seasons, you know, with the division play last year. And then obviously the the stop and then the restart, which they didn't finish the regular season there, and then they they had the summer tournament, and now we're getting kind of back to normal here, and it's a it's a whole branded thing. You got a new arena there in Seattle coming in there, Climate Change Arena. The Islanders have a brand new arena; they're going to be opening up here in December as well too. And the Islanders are actually considered one of the favorites, which is was it's kind of surreal here, being from New York myself. Obviously, a big Ranger fan. They've made their changes. We're not going to get into it, but. Um, real quick, um, you, you just your your take here as far as anybody that is there anybody that really stands out that's you know besides Tampa Bay that you think is going to be to keep an eye on? I don't know, man. It's um, it's such a long season. I it is. I'll tell you, the, I, the playoffs, I just everything. Forget it. Throw yeah, it out the window. I, I'm. I want to see how Florida does. All right. You know, Florida made some noise last year. It's you know they were kind of back from the dead with uh, with Coach Q down there. So I want to see how they do. I don't know if they're going to make much noise this year, but you know they were kind of a team to keep an eye on last year. So my eye is back on them again. Um, you know, obviously outside of my own Washington Capitals, of course. Um, so yeah, that's the team I'm most curious about. Other than you know the usual suspects that we see year after year. As always, I'd like to see. Poor Buffalo get out of being, you know, the worst team in the NHL. And, you know, that may never happen. I tell you, the player I'm curious about is what's going to happen. Where is Jack Eichel going to be when we do the NHL preview next year? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's look, we we can't go into it now, but it's, you know, because the the stuff that uh, Lanner, the goaltender there in in Vegas, his tweets Mm -hmm. the last couple weeks about some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on. And you have the Eichel situation, which is kind of weird, too. You wonder if this young kid is actually really physically damaged for his future. Yeah. You know, this is a really, really uh, unfortunate situation. It's not new in Buffalo with top stars either wanting to leave or getting jettisoned. And right. contracts, it's unfortunately been a mess up there in Buffalo. You know, and I, I really thought the Pagulas up there were going to really right the ship. I mean, look, they've got a, you know, they've, they've cleaned up the arena and the facilities and they've They've obviously they've got the money, but everything they've tried here, coaching changes. I mean, it's just been uh, unbelievable. It's unfortunate to see what happens, but it's going to be a hey, long road. Where's um, what, where did, did Mark Andre Fleury retire, or is he still kicking around the league? I think he's, he's starting tonight for the Hawks, buddy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. All right. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Yeah. Well, he's on Chicago. He got yeah. traded. Right. They got rid of him. Everybody was kind of shocked, and um. Yeah, he's uh. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll find out if he's starting for you. That's, that's what I'm going to find out. But yeah, I think the Flowers going to do okay in Chicago. Taze is back. Yeah. And you remember when when you and I were were younger men? It would seem like there was always a, at least two or three goalies in their 40s that goalies played forever. Like Brodeur played forever, and Ed Belfort played forever. Um. So when I see you know old guys like Flurry, who's not getting any younger. You know, I kind of, there's a soft spot in my heart for the older goalies. Well, that's okay. I mean, he's not, we're not talking 40-41, but well, the, he's getting know, up the there. the goaltender in hockey is such a huge presence, not only in terms of the, the style of the player. Obviously, um, you know, uh, 
it's going to makes a huge impact of whether a team's going to be successful and or you know obviously he's the last guy who's going to end up on his back once a beautiful goal is scored. But you know, as guys like old guys like us, like you talked about, growing up with guys with the face masks. I mean, there was so many. Yep characters and names, you know, from Jerry Cheevers back in the day, you know, to guys like Dougie Sotalk and J- J.D. and all the masks, all the different masks, all, you know, Jerry Cheevers, all these guys who, uh, well, these just, you know, famous Mike Liute. You know, I mean, it's just like yeah. it goes on and well, on. there's a blast from the past. Former well, capital I, 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 I for five minutes. I bet you this, if me and you had sat down, say, with the six other, seven other hockey fans, right, the bulk of us would probably be able to name more goaltenders than we would, say, run through, let's run through right-wingers. Yes. Well, let's want to do left yes, because some of my, my favorite players growing up were uh, were goaltenders. So, speaking of, of favorite players, uh, it hurt. I was when I was watching the Tampa Pittsburgh game. It hurt me to see the double French fry out there for Pittsburgh because I was even when he was playing against us as a member of the Rangers, always a big fan of Brian Boyle. But to see him out there wearing the black and gold. He's got a job, the, man. He's got a gig. Team, He's got to feed the his team. The team I despise kids, the most. Uh, <laughs> to see that it was just—it was painful. Still love the guy, though. I don't know what it is about him. I just love his game. I was lumbering keep, around up there like Frankenstein. Yeah, keep an eye on the Penguins, there, buddy. As long as I got to sit the kid there in the lineup. Uh, and just to answer your question, uh, Flurry is starting tonight for the Hawks, and they got a great young goaltender backing him up, which is Lankinen, who had a pretty good season. Watch the Hawks this year. They did pretty well last year um, with that young team, and they did it without Taze. Uh, Kane basically carried the team. The rest of the team are young guys, young prospects, and, of course, they got the Jones brothers, too. Don't and Keith is off in Edmonton mentoring uh, Connor McDavid? Or did he go to – he went to Toronto or Edmonton, right? One of the Canadian teams. Duncan Keith. As they, oh, yeah, could, Keith. Yeah, he's in Edmonton. Yes. Yeah. As they continue well, they to break, they got Seth Jones in, in place. Oh, right. Yeah, I was just saying it's it's just those the the players from those great teams of the 2010s, which is weird to say, by the way. It's like an hour and a half. Kaner and Taze are they're, the only two guys left. Yeah, they're getting rid of them all. Well, Crawford had to retire, but you know, it's it's no love lost for the Chicago teams. It's just again, those are some great teams. It's just weird to see those great teams splinter apart like that. However, going back to Pittsburgh real quick before we leave hockey, not to worry. Yes, Malkin and Crosby, you know, they seem to be perpetually, you know, 29 years old. One or the both of them will be injured for a significant amount of time this season, so I'm not too, too worried about them. All right. Look at you. And that's just, that's just me, you know, fingers putting crossed. Putting the nag on the, on the Penguins already early in the game. I'm game putting, one. I'm putting, I'm putting the putting, mush. Putting the mush I'm putting on the mush on Pittsburgh because I can't stand them. All right. It's so a well. lovely city, but I don't like their hockey team. <laughs> All right, well, it's uh, underway, long season to go. Glad it's back, and glad it's yep. back in its fullest capacity. Uh, and we'll talk more ice as we move forward here and, along uh, the season. All thoughts right. and prayers for Nicholas Backstrom, who may be out until you know November, which is and down this here. It's actually a great time to come back. It is. I Don't mean, look, worry this, about it. I'd Don't rush miss, the kid. I'd rather have him miss this part of the season than the last part of the season. This is the time. I want him to be healthy because it's game one of 82. So, but it's just down here. You'd think, you know, we were on, um, some sort of vigil. Like he's on his deathbed. We're just waiting for Nicholas Baxter to return. I guess that's probably because it, Kuznetsov is such an enigma. That's like, yeah, now you got to depend on him. You know, he's already our, our first line center, but now you've moved up Eller to second line. 
And then a lot of guys you've never heard of is third and fourth line. So we got to get all of our centers back again. That's that's the concern. Hey, I'm, I'm just here. impressed Laviolette's still behind the bench. Well, that'll change. <laughs> <laughs> he'll burn he'll burn himself out or burn the team out at some point. That I can assure you. But he's still uh, the coach. Hey, you today. know what? It's, I'm actually I got the the caps get real quick. I know we're going to leave hockey here too. Um, but here I am actually watching. I, I got the Caps and Rangers on the background here. And what I haven't seen yet, I know they're all vaccinated, so the coaches don't have to wear masks anymore, right? Yeah, oh, I don't there it is, so. train it. No, yeah, nobody's got masks on. All right, good, cool. I guess because everybody's vaccinated. What about what about in the crowd there? No, anybody yeah. wearing? No, you, you don't, don't have to, to wear, wear one. You have to prove you have to show a vax card or get tested, right? In, yeah, in uh, PCR. How about in New York? Do you have to do that? Oh yeah, I was in the city there uh, two weeks ago and. Vaccinated yeah. or or PCR test. Right. We talked okay. about this though. I mean, this is the way it's going. We'll swing right. into the, right. we'll swing into the NBA now because this is part of the the discussion here anyway. Yeah. Look, but uh, sports, real... the entertainment industry is this is the way it is. Vaccinations, yep. PCR, these huge monsters of money, which is sports, entertainment, and all that stuff. They're not yep. going to go backwards like they did last time and lose all that money. So. When, no. when, with the percentage numbers of vaccinated people outnumbering those who are not vaccinated, that's it. It's over. Because mm. that's where the money is. Yikes. Yep. Well, uh, speaking of vaccinations, well, if it was moved to the NBA, first of all, Ben Simmons all of a sudden now, after saying he would never, I would never play for the Sixers again, as reported to Philadelphia for training camp as the season sets to open up here you know, in a few days, so... I don't know. Stay what, tuned. What, Let's what's see. His con- what's his contract at? How much money uh, is he making? Uh, a how lot. Much money did oh, he I'm sorry. Lose? I'll, I'll tell you why. Four years, $147 million left. Yeah. But that Butch, means nothing. Tie your sneaker shoelaces and get to practice. Yep. It means nothing because it, with, in terms of player movement. But the big story, of course, is that knucklehead, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, for your Brooklyn Nets, is not going to play My this young year. Young son's favorite player. Not going to play. Well, he better find somebody new because he's he's not playing because he refuses to get vaccinated. Look, this is not a... We talked about it today in the call. On the the way to get my son's flu vaccination, we talked about it. You choose not to get vaccinated, fine. Uh, Again, that's your choice. But you're putting your team at a tremendous disadvantage, although some might say they're better off without him. But uh, I'm sure the team would like to have him playing this year, but he's not going to play in New York because he won't get vaccinated. So he can't go to the Barclays Center and practice or play because he's in a building in which you have to be vaccinated. So he is going to lose $380,000 for each missed home game, uh, but he won't be docked for road games. So he's going to stand, he's going to lose $16 million of his $35 million salary. That's a lot of money to give up for your own personal beliefs, which I, I, again, where I, does I, the I, money that he does not get go? The team just keeps it. Oh, okay, that he's he's not they can playing. They upgrade the, the, the grass and the bushes around the arena. It just goes into um, the owners' pockets. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's essentially choosing not to play. Now, if he was injured, obviously he would get the money. But he is saying, "I'm not. I'm not going to play." And if you're not going to play, they're not going to pay you. Which, by the way. The, the nice collateral benefit of this is finally the NBA owners, at least in Brooklyn, are saying, you know what? We're not going to be held hostage 
uh, by somebody because you're paying them a lot of money. Now, it's different because this is state and federal law they're dealing with that where you have to be vaccinated. They can't say you don't have to follow the law. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the Harden situation. But they're still they're drawing a line in the sand and saying we're not going to. We could easily have said to keep you happy, Kyrie, we'll keep paying you even though you can't play so you won't get unhappy. Thankfully, they're not doing that. Okay, he's just he's not. Kyrie Irving will no longer practice or play for the Nets until he can be a full participant. So he's not going to play any games, not just the home games. He's out. And Rob, what's what's the number? Uh, I think what the NHL is like ninety nine percent of the players are all vaccinated. Where's the NBA? Same number. The NBA is high. I don't know what exactly the number is, but it's it's high. I mean, we're talking NFL, over NFL is pretty much high too, right? I mean, the NFL, they're all in the nineties. Baseball is the same way. So I mean, a guy like Irving, right? You know, I mean, uh, what football's in what? Uh, Five five weeks now? What is it, six? Excuse me? I'm we just finished say. week five. Week five. So I'm right. So six weeks we're coming here on this weekend. Um, the NHL pulled, just started. Dude. NHL training camp. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what, what's, what are these guys waiting for? Are they, are they waiting for people to drop dead from this thing? You know, I was just looking to see if I could find any numbers on who's vaccinated. Um, no. It's, see, the thing is they say, well, I want to do more research. Oh, fine. Research on what exactly? I mean, how about ninety-nine percent of the players in your league, staff, owners, fans, everything else? They're all. Everybody seems to be doing okay. They're going back and on with their lives. What else, what research do you need? I mean, the biggest draw, or the biggest motivator, should be, despite the fact that it's your choice. Which you know, again, that's your right. You're putting your team at a competitive disadvantage. Because it's not like you're just the tw- the 12th man on the bench. You're the big three. You're one of the best players in the league. You're Paul Cuthbert's son's favorite player. And you've chosen to say, yeah, you know what? I don't want to get a jab in the arm for the good of America, by the way. And I'm not going to play. And, 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 and amazingly, I'm going to give up $16 million of my salary because I'm not playing i've chosen not to play i mean why don't you just retire that's essentially what he's done is he's retired because he's he's not going to play because he won't get vaccinated i mean i would think put your personal beliefs aside for the greater good sometimes i know this is the same guy that believes the earth is flat which we all know he does just for effect and impact can you put this in perspective right say he's making three hundred and eighty thousand dollars a game a game now guys like me and you, let's say we're the blue-collar, average-working guys, right? We're not making $380,000 uh, every 10 years, maybe. Whatever the heck it is. How you, If he had any side effects, if he came down with any uh, issues, if he was hurt, the guy would have the greatest doctors in the world. Right. If there was exactly. anything that went wrong, you know what Who you get afford- for $380,000 a game? If anyone can afford the There's kind of medical treatment. There's a helicopter waiting on the roof right, of exactly. the Barclay Center to take him to any doctor in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those. Unreal. The problem is it's there's always somebody. When, when someone is a, you know, digs their heels on, on an issue like this, they can always quote somebody somewhere out there in the world that had an adverse effect. It's sort of like I remember as a kid. I, I, the big argument was seatbelts. Crazy, I know. And there was always people who said, well, I'm not going to wear a seatbelt because I know one person 
whose life was saved because they didn't wear a seatbelt, ignoring the millions of people whose lives were saved because they were wearing a seatbelt, or the thousands of people who died because they weren't wearing a seatbelt. So I'm sure Kyrie Irving has found the one or two people, high-profile people, who said, look, you're going to die if you get the vaccine, or you have these adverse effects if you take the vaccine. I would be happier, though. Not happier. Happier is the wrong word. Part of what's so anger, what causes so much rage about this issue is they don't ever just come out and say, at least Kyrie Irving hasn't, why they don't want to get vaccinated. I don't want to hear I'm doing more research. Just tell me why you don't want to get vaccinated. Why have you put yourself over the needs of your team and a society at large? What's the deal? Well, that's just the insane. I mean, these are these are high profile athletes. These guys are making, t- and it's not you know, it's not like I can understand if there was like thirty six, thirty seven, fifty, three hundred forty, maybe a thousand players that were doing the same thing. They all, we all breathe the same air, right? And we all bleed the same blood. What what is? I mean, if guys like Duran, guys like LeBron, and all these other guys, I mean, let's put it this way. We actually don't know, right, if these – like, you, you can't physically tell if somebody got vaccinated. No. If I, if I bump into you in the street and say, whoa, you just bumped into me, man, I, do you have – oh, I'm vaccinated. You're not going to ask me for my vaccination card or I might not have it on me. I just, you just got to believe me. I just wonder yep. if there's – do you have a, a, a feeling that maybe there's a uh, percentage that maybe they're not letting people know that, oh, these guys didn't get vaccinated. We'll just tell them you're vaccinated. I've been saying that since the beginning. That, you have? That, I haven't been that, listening. No, I'm sorry. That there's the transparency about who has COVID, who doesn't, who's vaccinated, who isn't. Uh, you can't really trust not just sports organizations, but any organization that's trying to protect its own. So how do we know how many people really got COVID at an alleged super spreader event? How do we know who has been vaccinated, who hasn't been? When you say our team's vaccinated, trust us, believe us. I mean, you can't. You have to be skeptical, a little cynical about these things. So, I, I mean, at least you know when someone says they're not vaccinated that they're not lying. <laughs> you know, it's hard to imagine you'd say, yeah, I'm unvaccinated, and you're really vaccinated. I don't see what you gain by that. Um, let me just interrupt this vaccination talk for a second. I just got a text from Pat Sakura. Have you seen? You probably have because you're Mr. Ranger. I'm just seeing now the, the fabulous, speaking of Mr. Ranger, a Rod Gilbert patches. On the uh, on yeah, the sweater gorgeous. tonight for the Rangers, fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. it's really I love it. I just you said that I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And yes, I didn't call him Rod Gilbert. See, I got it right. <laughs> hey, who's this Rod Gilbert guy? Huh? Pat. <laughs> it's like the the first number ever retired by the Capitals was Yvonne Lebray. You know, and and I imagine people look up at the rafters, you know, and go, who's this Ivan Labra? Who's this guy? Huh? Who's this Rod Gilbert person? I don't oh, know. Man. Anyway, I don't mean to interrupt the vaccine talk. So it's just it's 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 yet another thing we have to deal with and worry about with you know what's been happening since March of twenty twenty. But look, Kyrie, it's against the law to be in a place without a vaccine. So Again, I, what sort of stand are you making? What lie in the sand are you drawing here? I, I just, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. And if, and if I'm his teammates, I'm like, what are you doing? We were within, you know, a couple inches 
of making it to the NBA Finals last year. Could have used you out there. Imagine if we had had Durant, Harden, and Irving on the court at the same time with the supporting cast around us. Now you're sitting out. Can't get mad at a player because they're injured, but you can get mad at a player who's not retired and is not injured, just like, nope, not getting vaccinated. And now he can't even play road games. The team is like, we're done with you. You can't play for us full time. See you later. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And that is the right way to go. And that is, it the, is. that's the way everything's going to go right now. So the further we advance here, and as, as you know, if people are worried about how the vaccine, because all the only proof, there's been a few breakthrough cases. But I tell you what, this is what they have proven. Most of the people that are dying now from COVID are unvaccinated. Most of the people who have gotten vaccinated are, if they get sick, they're recovering and they're not catching it again. And, and the rest of the, the, the populations that are, are vaccinated are moving forward. Right. So, I mean, let's, and just to be clear, I know some people say, well, if you get vaccinated, you can still get COVID. So why should I get vaccinated? I just want to bang my head against the wall. I still get hit wall. by a car. Right. I mean, the COVID vaccine is not going to prevent COVID. It's not going to make you immune to COVID. This is supposed to lessen the effects if you get it, lessen the chance of you getting it. And if you do get it, it minimizes the impact of COVID. So that's a that's a foolish argument that, well, if I can get it anyway, why bother taking it? Don't put a smoke alarm in your house. Don't call right. the fire department when your house is on fire. And don't pay your taxes to support the fire department. Yeah, it's just, if my house is going to burn, why should I call the fire department? Yeah. yeah if your house just, goes on fire because you didn't have a smoke detector, guess whose house next door is going to burn? Your house, the, your neighbor's house, and your friend's And as house. a guy, as a guy who lives in a townhouse, I don't want my neighbors ignoring the smoke alarm. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm an anti-smoke alarm person. If I want to no. die of smoke inhalation and fire, that's my choice, my freedom. Yeah. And and the problem, as we get way serious and political, the problem with exerting your asserting your freedom of choice is we forget that your freedom freedom in quotes only goes is only good until it starts to conflict with the rights of others and the freedoms of others they so you can say it's loading people up in vans and driving them to right. vaccination points. my point is if you choose you can say it's my choice not to get vaccinated and you are right that is your choice but when that choice impacts negatively your team society family where you work whatever it is then that freedom has to be reined in a bit. This is not, we're not talking about, for instance, uh, the right to have an abortion or not. That's not, I like to, some people like to make that argument. Well, a woman can choose to have an abortion. Why can't I choose to be vaccinated? It's two different, it's apples and oranges. Okay, so, which is another argument I cannot stand. People, the anti-vaxxers say, well, a woman can choose to have an abortion. Why can't I choose not to get vaccinated? You're an idiot. <laughs> If you make that argument, you're an idiot. So it's just, you can't, like, I, I think we've become so accustomed to unchecked uh, assertions of our freedoms that we don't understand that sometimes, sometimes you just got to rein it in a bit. You got to sand down the edges a bit of your freedom. And that's all we're asking Kyrie Irving to do. Well, we're not asking. I don't I care less. Go wear those shorts that that lady from the post were wearing, okay? Right. You know what? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Here's your choice. You want choice? Vaccine or you got to wear commando, I might add. 
the tight jean shorts Ugh. as we as we try to bring the show back to its light and airy tone. All right. Anyway, uh, there's about 700 uh, basketball t- uh, games on on tap here, and that we'll be uh, looking into as the season starts, and we'll find out if the uh, five remaining basketball players <laughs> the um, the Ingleside Lakers, by the way, so far 0 for five in the preseason. So, you know, there you well, go. We're not going to start covering them until the games count. No, but no. if that is a uh, a sign, <laughs> yep. No truth. To. No truth to the rumor that uh, they've petitioned the league to have all their games start at two in the afternoon, so they can get to Denny's before the early bird special expires. Unreal. All right, buddy. We'll leave the hardwood there. Let's go out to the diamonds here. You have the um, baseball playoffs in full swing. One game left for these division playoffs here, and that is the Dodgers and the Giants going to play in game five here tomorrow. The uh, Bo Sox have um, knocked out Tampa Bay, and the um, the Sox lost to the, uh, the cheating Astros. And the Braves. And, the, and Braves, the Braves, out of nowhere, with their rebuilt outfield, are well, back in the NLCS. You know, the, the Brewers kind of took it easy. They had the division league for a very long time, and they kind of sailed and took it easy, and they got knocked out by a very good Atlanta Braves team here. So, uh, with they that lost, said. They, they lost their setup, man, uh, to what he broke his hand celebrating winning the NL Central. Yeah, uh, go, his man. name escapes me. What a dope that guy that's is. That, um, that makes sense. But uh, give, give me your take on these series here and how they ended up. Besides, well, prior I, I just, to uh, the Dodgers and Giants tomorrow night. Well, uh, tomorrow night, by the way, uh, Urias, Urias versus Webb should be a great pitching matchup. Although the, the game, the Scherzer game that he lost after going, you know, seven innings, giving up one run, the one nothing, I guess it was game three, Giants win was quite a game. Look, uh, the Sox. You know, uh, they can smash the ball with the best of them. And the the vaunted Tampa Bay pitching seems to have gone away in the last few weeks. Um, You know, I'm not surprised that the Red Sox won because, you know, they they, no matter how badly their pitchers might be, they just seem to score runs in bunches. Um, The White Sox, hey, shockingly, the Astros have been accused of cheating again. No speaking way. of speaking of the White in Sox and Red Sox, in a different way or the usual way? Oh no, the sign stealing way. You know the the usual. Now they got uh, people Astros. in the stands. I think right. Look, the Astros can never run from this. They're going to be accused of this for the next twenty years or so because they've, you know, dug this grave for themselves. I'm very torn about the Astros. I, I'm happy for Dusty Baker, a man who's been just he's a a, a, a great manager, a great person from what you read and hear about him i don't know him personally and i like to see him get some success because he's really settled the ship over there in houston he was just the kind of manager they needed after you know the hinch uh who firing you know, hire, the cheating scandal who can we hire so all the guys can hide behind exactly who can be our human shield um the braves look you know they have they people sleep on the braves but they have that pitching staff you know, they have Freed and they have Morton, they have Ian Anderson, not the lead singer from Jethro Tull. And they have Freddie Freeman. What more could you ask for? Jock Peterson? I mean, you know, don't say I know everyone's already written in the Dodgers or the Giants as World Series champions, certainly to represent the NL in the World Series. But, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see what the Braves can do. 
against either the Giants or the Dodgers. And really, it's a crapshoot at this point. They, the Giants and Dodgers have given us exactly what we wanted from this five-card series, which is you know a knockdown, drag-out brawl. Had no idea they uh, and I think Atlanta, played each other in the playoffs before. That's it's hard to believe. I think the last meaningful game they played for the postseason was what the shot heard around the world when they were playing to see who got to the World Series <laughs> seventy years ago. But I think you know the Braves dispatched the Brewers in four games. Uh, the Giants and Dodgers are going you know toe to toe, five games, late nights. I think you know I, the Braves have got to be sitting back going, we can take the first game off either one of these teams. They're going to wear each other out. And set us up, you know, to steal a game in the seven-game series, which we played either in San Francisco or Los Angeles. So it should be interesting. Um, I think, sadly, because I just I, Houston is such the devil, but I love Dusty Baker, but I feel like Houston's gonna gonna get back to the World Series again. It's just like these guys. What, what's with these guys? You cheat, everybody hates you. You hire a manager, everybody loves, and look, you're back in the World Series again. I mean, I know I'm, they got to beat the Red Sox first. I'm just saying, it, it feels like this is where we're headed. And Another it's going to hurt real bad, especially as a Yankee is. fan. I mean, for me as a Yankee fan, unfortunately, one of those two franchises are going to the World Series, and they are right. you know, they are they're a series you know away from getting another ring which is just sickening. Obviously, the history with the Astros and the cheating and then obviously the rivalry with the, with the Bo Sox. And I was sitting there going, you know, and I, I can't stand the, you know, I, I actually had a lot of respect for the Tampa Bay uh, baseball team here, and I really thought that, you know, I'm really kind of shocked that they're, they're out. But this is the beauty of uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, especially in a short series, a best of five. You know, you lose that first game. I mean, you know, it's already, yep. you're, it's, it's, you don't have that much time left. But anyway, well, yeah, like say one of these teams are going to get into the World Series, and then you look on the other side of it, you know. All right, so if, if Atlanta, let's say Atlanta gets to play against Houston or Boston, you gotta you gotta believe Boston or Houston's beating them, right? So now you look on the other side, you you really have the two best teams in the National League are playing each other right now, and either LA or, or Frisco's going to get in there. This and, is the World uh, Series. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, this has been the World Series. You know, I, 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 I'm I, good after this playoff. I'm, I'm simply, you know, jokingly here taking the side of a, of a Yankee fan, right? You're hoping, right. you know, the Dodgers and the, and the Giants get in there and then they could beat, you know, uh, the Braves to give a good matchup against, uh, you know, Boston or Houston here. Um, something I mean, else. I, Look, I, I'd like to see Buster Posey, you know, uh, Kind you of have all these emotional ties to certain players. Look at you, man. I well, it's it's you know that's what baseball does. Look, when you don't have a team to root for in the playoffs, when you finish what thirty five games out of fourth place, that's right, <laughs> thirty five games out of fourth place. You got to find things to root for. You got to latch on to players. Um, are you happy that Aaron Boone's coming back? By the way, yeah, I don't think it's Aaron's fault. Okay. I don't think it is either, but I just I don't know. Is he polarizing in New York, Aaron Boone? I no. It looks. Or, uh, hey, look. If you look at the last uh, two guys before Aaron here, you know you had Tory in here for years, right? Girardi comes in here for years. They both won prior to the end of their tenure. I was joking around uh, talking to some other people too. I mean, he hasn't made five years yet. I mean, he's only four years in. Yeah. I, I look up and down that multi-million dollar dollar lineup. And they just didn't get the job done. If your if your lineup doesn't hit, I mean, he took everything that Cashman gave him. 
put him in the lineup. Obviously, Lemayo gets hurt there, and Gal gets hurt. But you still had guys in that roster that could that can you know they just didn't hit the ball. It doesn't matter. On the pitching side, throughout the whole season, again, you go back and forth here with the Yankee streak, and then losing, and then you know getting into wild card and everything else, and and they were just getting the guys there healthy or whatever. At the end of the day, no matter who was pitching for the Yankees, and then again, you give Cole the money. That's the game. That's why you give him that money to win that wild card game. He doesn't come through. And then, like I said, it didn't matter who Boone put on the mound. These guys seems to be the same thing in the playoffs here. And, you know, he's been to the playoffs every year since this guy's taken over, right? Yeah. Uh, since he's been behind the bench, right? And uh, they, if they don't hit, what's, what, it's not Boone's fault. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here going forward in terms of what Cashmas does. Um, you know, it's like anything else, Rob. You watch how this postseason is going to play out. You're going to whoever, no matter how it is, you watch how Houston gets through um, the White Sox here. You watch how Boston got through Tampa. You're going to watch. Uh, you watch how Atlanta beat Milwaukee, and obviously, no matter what happens here in terms of LA and, and the Giants, and I think all baseball teams, GMs, players, and everything else, coaches, managers, you watch ultimately what gets the team to the other side. And it's like anything else, Rob. You have to have a combination of everything. Utility players, defense, pitching, hitting, decision-making. It's all got to line up. And you have to have those stars that show up that, you know, you know, you never expect them. But your big money guys, if they don't produce... I mean, look what Kiki did for the Bo Sox, man. He won the whole damn series for them, man. And that's every every team... That's left here has those kind of guys on it, and that's that's what um, you know the Yankees have to look forward to uh, in terms of um, just adjusting. The Yankees aren't that far away, man, but it's a long, mm-hmm. long road back. But I, I fully believe the Yankees will be there. Hey, you want to hear something funny? By the way, the last sure. time the Astros and the White Sox met in the playoffs was the World Series in two thousand five. That's how much times have changed. Wow. Do you think Tony La Russa comes back for another year? Uh, I, I don't see how they can get rid of him. You're going to have two guys. Neg- well, now, Dusty's pitch as a pitching, managing without a contract, which I, it, I would love to see him win the World Series just so he can say, well, I'll see you later. I won the World Series. <laughs> exactly, I had no contract. Right? Ta-ta. But you're going to have two guys in their 70s. Now, I remember Jack McKeon managed in his 80s, I think, when Florida went to one of their World Series Back in the early two thousands, but yeah, I, I don't, I, see, I don't see how they don't bring him back, Larusso, unless he chooses not to come back. I mean, say what you will about the crypt keeper, uh, but he turned that team around. You know, he got him to the playoffs. Yep. So, you know, uh, it's he's Tony Larusso. He he decides his own fate. Keep, I don't keep I, him away from the liquor cabinet. All right. Exactly. I think he's there for another year or two. Here's my bold prediction. I think he's three years. Hey, God bless him at that age to come back. Three and that's, done. that's, you know, baseball, so. you know, pitches and catches in January. And, man, it just, that's a long year, man. It's a long year. So he comes back at his yeah. age. But spring else. training managing, it can't be that stressful. <laughs> you got, that's what you got coaches for. So we got one one game left here in, the, in this uh, round here before we move on. Uh, who's winning? Um, Dodgers or the Giants? What's your prediction? <sighs> wow. You know what? I think I think it's going to be the Dodgers in a shocking upset. Um, you know, I they got they got, got the, the better pitcher on the stadium, mound. Man. 
They got the better pitcher on the mound, but it's in Frisco. So is it? Yeah, they're, they're, they had the better record. Game fives at in the city by the bay, as Journey once sang. <laughs> You're right. No. Yeah. About that. Oh, you know what threw me off? They had it flipped on their. Uh, yeah. The graphic. You're right. Well, there's been some magic in that park too. <laughs> Just a <laughs> little bit. So. But again, I, 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 as I said, whoever wins, I say, loses game one to the Braves. All right. Writing it down. All right. And, and, and any more uh, significant proof here on the Astros cheating, or is this just hearsay? It's just hearsay. It's just, it's just you know, it's, it's, it's going to be this way for a long time. It's funny. The team, the White Sox lost. And they used Nasters for cheating. I wonder if this pitcher, Ryan Tapera, would have said they were cheating if the White Sox had won. Hmm. He says, stroking his chin. So you never know. You know, This is a built-in excuse for all well, teams they that got, play. They got, the, they got the Boston fan base to deal with now coming up. So Yeah. All teams that play the Astros now have that built-in excuse. Oh, they must have been cheating. You know, <laughs> we couldn't have lost legitimately. No. No, never. Too bad, too bad. All right, and uh, just a score update. You're uh, watching the Capitals. Two nothing. A beaten mind. No, it's three nothing now, pal. Yes. Three nil. No, that's that's the highlight of our. You want to you want to have some fun later, buddy? Check out New York Rangers Twitter. Okay. Okay. They're losing their minds. Fire Gallant. I'm telling Already. you. Already. Oh yeah. In right ga- it's not even game one. It's it's still game zero. They haven't even played one game yet. They're just in the midst of the first game. Fire them. That's fantastic. Bring back JD and Gordon. <laughs> That's why when I when I hear people down I'm here, I'm gonna have fun on Ranger Twitter later. I'll tell you that much. When I hear athletes in the D.C. area talk about, oh, the D.C. media, it's so difficult, so tough, so brutal. Get out of here. It, it, go to Philly. Go to New York. That's brutal media. They're not calling for the coach's head during the first game down here. <laughs> and we laugh because it's true. It is true. <laughs> All right, pal. Let's leave the rings to hardwood and the diamonds. Your favorite subject, the National Mediocrity League. Oh, the stories this week. The scores. Wait, babe. The division changes. The headlines. Things changing in Raider country. Oh, boy. Well, look, pal. I am giving yes. you the conductor's wand here. You're going to take this wherever you want. And we got uh, we got about twenty minutes here to knock this out, the DOTW. So I'm gonna sit here and let you take this away. Nobody. All right, let's let's do <laughs> let's do a little whip around. Just a couple games, a few games, and from now now that we're at week five, by the way, in the NFL. Now we're at the quarter poll, sort of, in a 17 game season. Now it's the picture of the National Football League is starting to take shape a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to go in no particular order. Packers at Bengals. Green Bay wins 25-22 in overtime. You know, it doesn't matter how many kicks you miss, and there were a lot. I believe there were three or four consecutive missed field goals in this game. Uh, It doesn't matter how many you miss as long as you make the one that wins you the game in overtime. Uh, Pittsburgh beat the the Broncos 27-19, at least for one day. 
good old the old Ben Roethlisberger that we know and love is back, and Denver is now coming back down to earth after feasting on winless teams to go three and zero. Dolphins of Buccaneers, Tampa Bay won forty five to seventeen. It felt like uh, when Brady was with the Pats that the Dolphins always had his number. Uh, clearly, he has a long memory. And just to add one more, you know, notch on his belt. The first time in his career, which, as we know, is 20 years now, that he has thrown for 400-plus yards and five touchdowns in the same game. So, another congratulations. Yet another laurel for the great Tom Brady. Uh, The Eagles beat the Panthers 21-18. Sam Darnold had his first Sam Darnold game this season through three interceptions. So, maybe he's coming back down to earth a bit. Uh, New England beat the Texans 25-22. It was a surprise. It was not a surprise to many people, this guy included, that the best quarterback... Uh, the rookie quarterback of this class so far is Mac Jones. But how many of you out there said that Houston's Davis Mills from Stanford, again, the aforementioned Stanford, would be the second best rookie quarterback so far this year? Uh, the most entertaining game of the week, if you love offense, was the uh, Browns losing to the Chargers 47-42. to It reminded me of those games back in the 80s when the Raiders and Chargers or just about any teams from the AFC West would play, and the scores would typically be in the high 30s and low 40s. Uh, The Cowboys crushed the Giants 44-20. to Dallas now, sorry for all you Nerd fans, Dallas is so clearly one of the three best teams in the NFC with Tampa and Arizona. Dak's return and those two running backs, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, make this team dangerous. The real MVP, though, for Dallas, and it hurts me to talk about the Cowboys like this, is Dan (laughs) Quinn. The new defensive coordinator in Dallas has taken essentially the same team that was a mess on defense last year and made it into a force to be reckoned with again this year. And all you Daniel Jones haters out there, and you know who you are, tell me you were not praying for a speedy recovery watching Mike Glennon out there. I mean, the only time... Never in your life would you think to yourself, gosh, I wish we had Daniel Jones out there until you saw his backup and you were like, get this guy back in the field. However, if you watch that game, and I've seen a lot of football in my life, but that hit on Jones when he got up and was wobbling around the turf. I mean, I've, I, again, you see a lot of players laying on the ground, sitting on the ground, woozy, but he got up and started walking and looked like he'd had a few pops. <laughs> he had Stupid a few kid is what he is. You don't do that in game four or five of the season. You wait until like the playoff game oh. or the championship game to make that True. kind of an effort. Who the but, hell is he trying to impress? But he wants to get there. Not that the ah, Giants are anywhere near lucky getting didn't there. end up in a freaking hospital for the rest of his life. The Giants in that game lost their starting quarterback and Jones, running back and Saquon Barkley, and their receiver and Kenny Galladay. So, good you know, night. good luck to Pull the curtains down, lock yeah, the doors. Exactly. <laughs> good night, Giants. Good luck to all, all the teams in New York. Why don't they just stop? Oh. Can we petition the league to ban New York, except for Buffalo, from sending uh, – They don't even play in New York. Playing. They play in New Jersey. Right. Can we just say New Jersey can no longer house NFL teams? And speaking of the Bills, uh, the Bills won 38-20 to 20, uh, over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Bills, this was a statement game for the Bills. They're going they to beat... the Super Bowl. That's the talk. They're going to I'm the not, Super I'm not Bowl. Saying they're, but they're, not they're, saying they're you, clearly, but I mean, come on. They're clearly the class of the AFC at this point. Kansas City to seems to be in a slump. 14, see where they're at. Well, as I said, at, after week five, usually week four, now that we have 17 games, week five, you can start to see the picture become a little clearer. Okay, next week's games, as we go running through this, arms waving in the air. Um, 
Not the most exciting week of games, I grant you. Um, the Indigenous Peoples Bowl, which should be played Columbus Day weekend. The Chiefs at the Wolfskins. Both teams are two and three. Kansas City has given up the most points in the NFL. The Wolfskins, the second most points. So I'm looking at a 60 to 59 game this Sunday. The real question is, will more than 40,000 people show up and how many will be Chiefs fans? I believe the Skins have the lowest average attendance of any team in the NFL. Uh, Packers at Bears. Every year this hey, is a game worth watching. that leak? Yeah, still. No, that's still on the field. It's still playing on the field. <laughs> uh, Packers at Bears. Look, this is a game worth watching because it's the most historic rivalry we have in the NFL. Cardinals at Browns. The best team in the NFL record-wise versus the team desperately trying for a seat at the AFC table with the big boys, Kyler Murray and his trio of dynamic receivers. Hopkins, Kirk, and Green, and that vaunted defense versus the best one-two running back punch in the league and Chubb and Hunt, and their own impressive defense, last week notwithstanding, should make this a very good game. Um, the Chargers at the Ravens, the two teams in the AFC tied with the Bills for the best record at 4-1. and one. The Chargers are looking to establish themselves as a legitimate threat, and the Ravens are looking to prove the doubters wrong because they are 4-1. and one. They are the skin of a 4-1 and one team over the skeleton of a 1-4 and four team. Uh, this game will determine if the Ravens will turn the corner or sink back into the mediocre pile in the AFC. And finally, the last game to watch, which will dovetail into our next conversation, Raiders at Denver. <laughs> the Raiders might be a bit distracted this game. Who knows? So I'm curious to see how 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 Vegas looks, how they respond to Gruden being resigning. He was fired. Uh, and Rich... Uh, Biasaka, Biasaka, I, I, their special teams coordinator is now the coach um, over there. Bisaccia, I think, is his name. Uh, see, you know, how he does with the Raiders. Now the Raiders do. Do they come out aggressive, firing in all cylinders, or do they come out looking like, you know, a kid who's had his favorite toy taken away? I don't know. But from that standpoint, it should be interesting to see. Look, we, um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the John Gruden thing. We all know what he did. It's reprehensible. The things he said, the things he wrote, uh, he, there's no real way to spin it. Uh, no real way to get around it. I just, and I, I'm probably going to get many of the complaint for saying this. I'm not going to say he shouldn't have been fired. I mean, look, he, he, there's just some things, he, he touched the third rail of just about every uh, negative group, every negative thing you can say about a group. He was misogynistic. He was homophobic. He was transphobic. It was racist. I mean, he he touched them all, as they say. He hit the home run. He hit for the cycle in offending groups. But there's a bigger picture here, and it's not the other emails that should be released. It's this. And, I, and this is a serious question. Does making a racist comment, does making a homophobic comment, whether it's an anger or something you say, you know, as to a friend of a friend of yours, you know, busting each other's balls, for instance, does that make you a racist saying a racist comment? And I ask this because as I've been thinking about this, I've processed this over the last couple of days. John Gruden has coached in the NFL for years, years. And then after he was done coaching the first time, he went to the Monday night football booth with Mike Tirico, who happens to be black. Then he came back and started coaching in a league that is predominantly African-American. And as we know now from one of his own players, 
they have their gay players in the National Football League. And through all this time, through the hundreds of players that have and coaches, general managers and team officials and TV executives, all the people that he's come in contact with, we're just now hearing of any sort of whiff that he's a misogynist, that he's homophobic, that he's a racist. I, I, I'm not trying to excuse what he wrote and say it wasn't him, he didn't mean it. Of course he meant that he wrote it. You can't hide from it. But all of a sudden, you hear all these people saying he's a fraud, he has to go, I never liked him, this and that. Why now? Where are all these people before to stand up and say, this guy's our coach, he's a racist? You don't think in coaching a team predominantly of African-American men, if he was truly a racist, as aggressive and as angry as coaches get in practice, he wouldn't have dropped a few racist bombs and then one of his players would be like, whoa, coach, what are you doing? And surely there has to be an ex-Tampa Bay Buck or an ex-Eagle or an ex-Raider with an axe to grind. Let me tell you what this guy, the bombs this guy dropped on us in practice. Nothing. Nowhere to be found. And I, I just, the other thing that, that strikes me is the hypocrisy of the John Gruden sacrificial lamb. You and I have never been in a professional locker room, but we know enough about sports to know that what he said is probably said on a regular basis in locker rooms about the opposing players, about your own teammates, again, in a busting balls kind of way. We know that, there is character issues with players in the NFL involving abuse of women within a league that is priding itself on trying to bring as many women into the fold as possible. And yet we don't call for their heads. And I'm not trying to justify what Gruden did, but whenever these things happen, I always go right for the hypocrisy angle. And I just, I wonder, Mike, is this guy, he said some racist things. Is he really a racist? I don't know, but it would sure seem to me that it would have come out long before now. I don't know. But he had to go. The bottom line is he had to go. That is and now, the bottom line. And, and now, now Paul's going to call me an idiot. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to call you an idiot. What I will say is is that, the, you know, I, I, I am a firm believer, and I, I firmly, let's say this, um... I've been around. They're not buddies of mine. They're certainly not people that I keep close to my circle. But I know people who are out in public who act one way and behind closed doors are another way. And they are very good at not, like you say, in a practice or in a locker room, not dropping a bomb or not saying the wrong thing or whatever. They're very good at that. And they, usually when guys or people get caught, is because they're doing it amongst people they feel comfortable doing it with. Chatting that way, talking that way, putting it in an email. You know, the, the crazy thing is this is that this has been going on for a long time. I think more on the other side of it being other people covering for it. You know, but this is this isn't anything... Unfortunately, it's nothing new. I think this day and age, like I said, boom, he got caught. It's like anything else. You get yeah. caught, you're gone, you're done. I just I just wonder why, if he said this in 2011, why didn't DeMora Smith say something 10 years ago? 
Uh, again, not excusing it. I just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Well, I guess for Gruden's sake, he guess he's lucky he didn't, right? Right. So, I, and I just, he moves I, I just, on, and he get he coaches another year, or he he works you know. in the booth, or whatever. So, you know, like it's like anything else, whether it's racism, whether it's a criminal activity, whether it's domestic abuse. If people don't say anything about it, then the bad people continue to go on and be bad people, or they. They have uh, you're outnumbered. They have more bad people that will scare you into making sure you don't say anything about the bad people. You know this, yeah. unfortunately, society and these days. I mean, it's it's a big but, part of our lives right now with, you know, people pushing their agendas and. You know, maybe but it's, what's troubling is you have a guy, legitimately the head of the players. Association, who's concerned about the lack of minority hires and coaching, and so when John and he's, it's not just yesterday that he said it's been for years now he's been upset about this, and again rightly so. And he's not he's, the only wait, one either. Wait, hold on, hold on. But what I'm saying is, John Gruden gets hired. You would think he would say, well, "Wait a minute, you're going to hire this guy? Look at this email he wrote where he said." You know, racist things about me, and you're going to hire this guy. You know damn well, Rob. There's, there's, there's. There's protection. You know what goes. This is big money. This is big. These are, for the most part, like you said, you, this is big rich guys. As yeah. far as the people at the top of the chain. And it's not only in sports, Rob. It's down at the local yacht club. Down at the big corporate high rises. In the big companies. This isn't anything new. He got caught. Somebody you know, blew the whistle on him. Other than that, he would have continued to have been protected. Whether it happened in 2005 or 2011, that's yeah. that's the problem, but that's the issue, but that's the reality. Yeah, as I said, I don't expect this now to answer any of these questions. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Are, are you a guy, prior to hearing this, right, are you a, were you, are you a fan of Gruden? Sure. I, I mean, I, I... So is it more I, of a letdown? I, I appreciate like, the act. Are you act. more disappointed <laughs> about the fact that, oh, man, it's a guy I really liked. I can't believe he's this shit. Well, yeah, that's always, you always feel betrayed, for lack yes. of a better word, when someone you like and you find out what a jackass this guy is. I mean, it, uh, look, how did we cool. all feel? And not that I'm comparing, you know, murder, allegedly, with racism, but, you know, how did we all feel when O.J. Simpson was accused of killing his wife and Ron Goldman? We were like, we love O.J. Simpson. Well, that's a little, come on, man. No, no, that's what my They can't I'm not, bury that. The judges, I mean, the lawyers did, but. I'm just saying it's it's when you say you, when someone you really like yes. does something so horrible, you he just one of like my favorite what? actors in the Naked Gun series, too. Yeah, you're like, this guy is America's most one of the most beloved celebrities. And then you're like, well, there's no chance that he did it. I, I mean, again, I'm not comparing the two, but it's the same sort of no, you like is. somebody. Yeah. And it's just, you know, we don't know. We don't know these people. And yeah. so we just know they're out their persona, and then we find out that they're not who we thought they were, which is why, you know, you, you see someone, a celebrity, actor, athlete, whatever, you're like, well, this person's is really nice. They seem very likable. And then you got to just temper that a little bit and go, well, I don't know anything about them other than what they are allowing me to see. So, And that's what people say about me. He seems like a nice enough guy, and then they get to know me and, you know. <laughs> All right, the Gruden story is certainly not over, and he won't no. be the last one. He won't be the last no. one, I'm telling you. There's a lot to unpack there. We just we just unpacked a little bit, just but there's a lot more there. So I got I to gotta imagine he's the dope of the week anyway. It's time it to is. find out. No. No. 
Who Spoiler is alert! It's not him. Who is the dope of the week? Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. You know, no matter how disappointed I was, there's always time for the dope of the week. Because, you know, the Gags Gang and I, friends, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating your own dope of the week. Please use the hashtag D-O-T-W on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Danny White. Athletic director for the University of Tennessee. Go, Daddy! And one asterisk to today's sermon. I'm guessing that the AD, the athletic director of a university or college, is the person responsible for scheduling football game dates and opponents. If it is not Danny White at the University of Tennessee, please call our corrections and suggestions hotline at 1-800-ASK-FOR-ASS. Oh, and one more thing. White was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys during the heyday of the Washington Redskins. Yes, they did have a heyday at one point in their existence, and he routinely ruined parts of my childhood, so I have nothing but hatred in my heart for him. Did this perhaps color my objectivity during this week's DOTW segment? You bet your ass it did. You bet your ass it colored my feelings about this segment. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Tennessee is a member of the SEC, arguably the most powerful conference in the NCAA. Even though Tennessee is not one of the power players in the conference these days, they are still members of college football's royal family and have no problem attracting teams not in the SEC to fill the out-of-conference portion of their schedule. One of those teams is Army. The Black Knights are not in a Power 5 conference, but they have, quite, they have been quite competitive lately, especially with their vaunted Triple option offense, which was popular, I believe, during the Great Depression. Uh, the run-first triple option is a relic of the past, and despite Army's success with the offense, no one else runs this type of offense. Tennessee was scheduled to play Army in Knoxville next September, then without any fanfare. The game was canceled. In fact, there was no press conference conducted by White to announce the change. Instead, the scaredy cat was let out of the bag on September 28th when Tennessee revealed its schedule for the 2022 season. If you look closely at the schedule, you will find no trace of West Point. Instead, Army's place on the schedule has been filled by Akron. Yes, Akron. Monsters the, of Akron. The Zips, a team that has, <laughs> wait for it, two wins in the past three years. Oh. Now, is the decision to cancel the Army game due to a scheduling conflict? Is their hand wringing and teeth gnashing over the financial arrangements? Could the change be due to some misguided anti-military stance? On the campus of Tennessee, maybe the stadium needs to be used that day for an all-day flea market and country jamboree. <laughs> None of the above. Tennessee is scared. That's right. You heard me. Tennessee is afraid to play Army at home because they do not know how to attack the triple option offense and do not want to be embarrassed at home the weekend before they face arch-rival Florida. So scared is Tennessee that they are spending an extra $100,000 to get out of the game. They were originally set to pay Army $1.4 million for the game. They will pay Akron a million dollars on top of the $500,000 they will have to pay Army for canceling the game, which brings the total to $1.5 million. I guess Tennessee has stopped offering economics as a major. <laughs> for a team that is so desperate for a win, they sure took a loss on this one. Tennessee plays in a stadium named for former coach Robert Neeland. Neeland, who went to West Point, 
and served three stints in the U.S. Army, eventually attained the rank of Brigadier General. He was awarded the Distinguished Service Medal, the Legion of Merit, and was made a member of the Order of the British Empire. The mascot of the state of Tennessee, as well as the mascot of the university, is the Volunteer. This name is an homage to the number of volunteers from Tennessee and the U.S. military during, hello, the Mexican-American War. The government needed 3,000 volunteers from the state, and 30,000 showed up instead. And lastly... During the same weekend in September that Army was to play Tennessee, the city of Knoxville is hosting the 2022 Congressional Medal of Honor Society convention. Guess where the past Medal of Honor winners will be recognized? You got it, Neyland Stadium. Instead of the synergy of recognizing recipients of the nation's highest military honor during a football game against a service academy, they will be honored during a game featuring a team called the Zips that cannot play dead in a Western. I guess this is what the University of Tennessee gets for hiring a former Dallas Cowboy to run its athletic department. On December 11th, 1983, while quarterbacking the Cowboys against the Washington Redskins in a game with playoff implications for both teams, still feels odd to say that, by the way, White called an audible that so angered the normally unflappable Tom Landry that the coach could be heard yelling, no, Danny, no, from the sidelines. If only Landry were alive today, he may have prevented this clear case of administrative malpractice. So, Danny White, for disrespecting our nation's beloved service academies, for not understanding the meaning of the word volunteer, and quite frankly, for being a former member of the dirty, stinking, overrated, self-inflated, self-congratulatory, forged in the fires of hell Dallas Cowboys, you are the sports honchos dope of the week. Congrats, Danny. Your certificate is in the mail. Uh, and only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah! Yeah! Way to go, Dan! <laughs> Woo! Some pain in there. There's some pain. pain that was a fun, that was a very therapeutic dope of the week for me. Woo! Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Always the goods from Mr. Cuny there on the DOTW. Well, here we go. Two hours of fun for you folks out there riding in your cars, traveling across country, wow. flying in the planes, whatever speaking it takes. Of, to speaking of a jean short wedgie. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of a wedgie. There you go, buddy. Once again, great week, great time. We'll be back here next week. As always, thanks so much for following and sharing and subscribing. And uh, from the great state of New York, uh, I will say goodnight. But as always, Mr. Cooney, you must have bid adieu to our honchers. My friends, do everything you just heard Mr. Cuthbert say. Follow, subscribe, rate us, review us, love us, hug us. Metaphorically speaking, of course, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Hopefully the sun comes back out again. Be nice to each other. Hug each other. And as always, peace. Hot shows are out, baby. <laughs>